Chapter Sixteen of Strange Stories from a Chinese Studio, Volume One, by Song Ling Pu, translated by Herbert A. Giles. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jane Dever. Chapter Sixteen, The Magic Sword. Ning Lei Chen was a Chi Kang man and a good-natured, honorable fellow, fond of telling people that he had only loved once. Happening to go to Chinhua, he took shelter in a temple to the north of the city, very nice as far as ornamentation went, but overgrown with grass taller than a man's head and evidently not much frequented on either side were the priest's apartments the doors of which were ajar with the exception of a small room on the south side where the lock had a new appearance in the east corner he espied a group of bamboos growing over a large pool of water lilies in flower and being much pleased with the quiet of the place determined to remain more especially as, the grand examiner being in the town, all lodgings had gone up in price. So he roamed about, waiting till the priest should return, and in the evening a gentleman came and opened the door on the south side. Ning quickly made up to him, and with a bow informed him of his design. "'There is no one here whose permission you need ask,' replied the stranger. "'I am only lodging here.' and if you don't object to the loneliness i shall be very pleased to have the benefit of your society ning was delighted and made himself a straw bed and put up a board for a table as if he intended to remain some time and that night by the beams of the clear bright moon they sat together in the veranda and talked the stranger's name was yan chi and ning thought he was a student up for the provincial examination only his dialect was not that of a chi kang man when asked he said he came from shenzhen and there was an air of straightforwardness about all his remarks by and by when their conversation was exhausted they bade each other good-night and went to bed but ning being in a strange place was quite unable to sleep and soon he heard sounds of voices from the room on the north side getting up he peeped through a window and saw in a small courtyard the other side of a low wall a woman of about forty with an old maid-servant in a long faded gown humped-back and feeble-looking they were chatting by the light of the moon and the mistress said why doesn't sao chen come she ought to be here by now replied the other she isn't offended with you is she asked the lady not that i know of answered the old servant but she seems to want to give trouble such people don't deserve to be treated well said the other and she had hardly uttered these words when up came a young girl of seventeen or eighteen and very nice-looking the old servant laughed and said don't talk of people behind their backs we were just mentioning you as you came without our hearing you but fortunately we were saying nothing bad about you and as far as that goes added she 
if i were a young fellow why i should certainly fall in love with you if you don't praise me replied the girl i'm sure i don't know who will and then the lady and the girl said something together and mr ning thinking they were the family next door turned round to sleep without paying further attention to them in a little while no sound was to be heard but as he was dropping off to sleep he perceived that somebody was in the room jumping up in great haste he found it was the young lady he had just seen and detecting at once that she was going to attempt to bewitch him sternly bade her be gone she then produced a lump of gold which he threw away and told her to go after it or he would call his friend so she had no alternative but to go muttering something about his heart being like iron or stone next day a young candidate for the examination came and lodged in the east room with his servant he however was killed that very night and his servant the night after the corpses of both showing a small hole in the sole of the foot as if bored by an awl and from which a little blood came no one knew who had committed these murders and when mr yen came home ning asked him what he thought about it yen replied that it was the work of the devils but ning was a brave fellow and that didn't frighten him much in the middle of the night sao chien appeared to him again and said i have seen many men but none with a steel-cold heart like yours you are an upright man and i will not attempt to deceive you i xiao chen whose family name is nie died when only eighteen and was buried alongside of this temple a devil then took possession of me and employed me to bewitch people by my beauty contrary to my inclination there is now nothing left in this temple to slay and i fear that imps will be employed to kill you ning was very frightened at this and asked her what he should do sleep in the same room with mr yen replied she what asked he cannot spirits trouble yen he is a strange man she answered and they don't like going near him ning then inquired how the spirits worked i bewitch people said sao chen and then they bore a hole in the foot which renders the victim senseless and proceed to draw off the blood which the devils drink another method is to tempt people by false gold the bones of some horrid demon and if they receive it their hearts and livers will be torn out either method is used according to circumstances ning thanked her and asked when he ought to be prepared to which she replied to-morrow night at parting she wept and said i am about to sink into the great sea with no friendly shore at hand but your sense of duty is boundless and you can save me if you will collect my bones and bury them in some quiet spot i shall not again be subject to these misfortunes ning said he would do so and asked where she lay buried 
at the foot of the aspen tree on which there is a bird's nest replied she and passing out of the door disappeared the next day ning was afraid that yen might be going away somewhere and went over early to invite him across wine and food were produced towards noon and ning who took care not to lose sight of yen then asked him to remain there for the night yen declined on the ground that he liked being by himself but ning wouldn't hear any excuses and carried all yen's things to his own room so that he had no alternative but to consent however he warned ning saying i know you are a gentleman and a man of honour if you see anything you don't quite understand i pray you not to be too inquisitive don't pry into my boxes or it may be the worse for both of us ning promised to attend to what he said and by and by they both lay down to sleep and yen having placed his boxes on the window-sill was soon snoring loudly ning himself could not sleep and after some time he saw a figure moving stealthily outside at length approaching the window to peep through its eyes flashed like lightning and ning in a terrible fright was just upon the point of calling yen when something flew out of one of the boxes like a strip of white silk and dashing against the window-sill returned at once to the box disappearing very much like lightning yen heard the noise and got up ning all the time pretending to be asleep in order to watch what happened the former then opened the box and took out something which he smelt and examined by the light of the moon it was dazzling white like crystal and about two inches in length by the width of an onion leaf in breadth he then wrapped it carefully and put it back in the broken box saying a bold-faced devil that to come so near my box upon which he went back to bed but ning who was lost in astonishment arose and asked him what it all meant telling at the same time what he himself had seen as you and i are good friends replied yen i won't make any secret of it the fact is i am a taoist priest but for the window-sill the devil would have been killed as it is he is badly wounded ning asked him what it was he had there wrapped up and he told him it was his sword on which he had smelt the presence of the devil at ning's request he produced the weapon a bright little miniature of a sword and from that time ning held his friend in higher esteem than ever next day he found traces of blood outside the window which led round to the north of the temple and there among a number of graves he discovered the aspen tree with the bird's nest at its summit he then fulfilled his promise and prepared to go home yen giving him a farewell banquet and presenting him with an old leather case which he said contained a sword and would keep at a distance from him all devils and bogies ning then wished to learn a little of yen's art but the latter replied that although he might accomplish this easily enough being as he was an upright man yet he was well off in life and not in a condition where it would be of any advantage to him 
Ning then pretending he had to go and bury his sister, collected Cao Chen's bones, and, having wrapped them up in grave clothes, hired a boat and set off on his way home. On his arrival, as his library looked towards the open country, he made a grave hard by and buried the bones there, sacrificing and invoking Cao Chen as follows in pity for your lonely ghost i have placed your remains near my humble cottage where we shall be near each other and no devil will dare annoy you i pray you reject not my sacrifice poor though it be after this he was proceeding home when he suddenly heard himself addressed from behind the voice asking him not to hurry and turning round he beheld Sao chen who thanked him saying were i to die ten times for you i could not discharge my debt let me go home with you and wait upon your father and mother you will not repent it looking closely at her he observed that she had a beautiful complexion and feet as small as bamboo shoots being altogether much prettier now that he came to see her by daylight so they went together to his home and bidding her wait a while, Ning ran in to tell his mother, to the very great surprise of the old lady. Now Ning's wife had been ill for a very long time, and his mother advised him not to say a word about it to her for fear of frightening her, in the middle of which in rushed Sao Chen, and threw herself on the ground before them. This is the young lady, said Ning whereupon his mother in some alarm turned her attention to Sao Chen, who cried out, A lonely orphan, without brother or sister, the object of your son's kindness and compassion, begs to be allowed to give her poor services as some return for favors shown. Ning's mother, seeing that she was a nice, pleasant-looking girl, began to lose fear of her and replied, madam the preference you show for my son is highly pleasing to an old body like myself but this is the only hope of our family and i hardly dare agree to his taking a devil wife i have but one motive in what i ask answered Sao chen and if you have no faith in disembodied people then let me regard him as my brother and live under your protection, serving you like a daughter. Ning's father could not resist her straightforward manner, and Sao Chen asked to be allowed to see Ning's wife, but this was denied on the plea that the lady was ill. Sao Chen then went into the kitchen and got ready the dinner, running about the place as if she had lived there all her life. Ning's mother was, however, much afraid of her, and would not let her sleep in the house. So Sao Chen went to the library, and was just entering when suddenly she fell back a few steps, and began walking hurriedly backwards and forwards in front of the door. Ning, seeing this, called out and asked her what it meant, to which she replied, The presence of that sword frightens me, and that is why I could not accompany you on your way home ning at once understood her and hung up the sword-case in another place whereupon she entered lighted a candle and sat down for some time she did not speak 
At length, asking Ning if he studied at night or not, "For," said she, "when I was little, I used to repeat the Lang Yen Sutra; but now I have forgotten more than half, and, therefore, I should like to borrow a copy, and when you are at leisure in the evening you might hear me." Ning said he would, and they sat silently there for some time, after which Sao Chen went away and took up her quarters elsewhere. Morning and night she waited on Ning's mother, bringing water for her to wash in, occupying herself with household matters, and endeavouring to please her in every way. In the evening, before she went to bed, she would always go in and repeat a little of the sutra, and leave as soon as she thought Ning was getting sleepy. Now the illness of Ning's wife had given his mother a great deal of extra trouble, more, in fact, than she was equal to. But ever since Sao Chen's arrival, all this was changed, and Ning's mother felt kindly disposed to the girl in consequence, gradually growing to regard her almost as her own child, and forgetting quite that she was a spirit. Accordingly, she did not make her leave the house at night, and Sao Chen, who being a devil had not tasted meat or drink since her arrival, now began at the end of six months to take a little thin gruel. Mother and son alike became very fond of her, and henceforth never mentioned what she really was. Neither were strangers able to detect the fact. By and by, Ning's wife died, and his mother secretly wished him to espouse Zhao Chen, though she rather dreaded any unfortunate consequences that might arise. This Sao Chen perceived, and seizing an opportunity to Ning's mother, I have been with you now more than a year, and you ought to know something of my disposition. Because I was unwilling to injure travellers, I followed your son hither. There was no other motive. And, as your son has shown himself one of the best men, I would now remain with him for three years in order that he may obtain for me some mark of imperial approbation, which will do me honor in the realms below. Ning's mother knew that she meant no evil, but hesitated to put the family hopes of a posterity into jeopardy. Sao Chen, however, reassured her by saying that Ning would have three sons, and that the line would not be interrupted by his marrying her. On the strength of this, the marriage was arranged, to the great joy of Ning, a feast prepared, and friends and relatives invited, and when in response to a call, the bride herself came forth in her gay wedding dress, the beholders took her rather for a fairy than for a devil. After this, numbers of congratulatory presents were given by the various female members of the family, who vied with one another in making her acquaintance, and these Sao Chen returned by gifts of paintings of flowers done by herself, in which she was very skilful, the receivers being extremely proud of such marks of her friendship. One day she was leaning at the window in a despondent mood, when suddenly she asked where the sword-case was. Oh, replied Ning, as you seemed afraid of it, I moved it elsewhere. 
I have now been so long under the influence of surrounding life," said Cao Chen, "that I shan't be afraid of it any more. Let us hang it on the bed." "Why so?" asked Ning. "For the last three days," explained she, "I have been much agitated in mind, and I fear that the devil at the temple, angry at my escape, may come suddenly and carry me off." So Ning brought the sword case, and Sao Chen, after examining it closely, remarked, This is where the magician puts people. I wonder how many were slain before it got old and worn out as it is now. Even now, when I look at it, my flesh creeps. The case was then hung up, and next day removed to over the door. At night, they sat up and watched. Sao Chen warning Ning not to go to sleep, and suddenly something fell, down, flop like a bird. Sao Chen, in a fright, got behind the curtain, but Ning looked at the thing and found it was an imp of darkness, with glaring eyes and a bloody mouth, coming straight to the door. Stealthily creeping up, it made a grab at the sword case and seemed about to tear it to pieces when bang the sword case became as big as a wardrobe and from it a devil protruded part of his body and dragged the imp in nothing more was heard and the sword case resumed its original size ning was greatly alarmed but sao chen came out rejoicing and said there's an end to my troubles in the sword case they found only a few quarts of clear water nothing else after these events ming took his doctor's degree and sao chen bore him a son he then took a concubine and had one more son by each all of whom became in time distinguished men End of chapter sixteen